to the Roaring Twenties. My name is Annie K. I'm Elijah Z. And we're talking about life as 20-somethings in the 2020s. We're going to get vulnerable, weave in some research to try to help us figure it out. You know, these 20s are freaking hard. You know it's going to be the best thing for us? Getting outside the comfort zone. Yes. Give a good push out the zone. This is it. This is your push. Shoving. Aggressively, non-aggressively. Okay, in this episode, we're going to talk about family boundaries, and we're going to kind of split it up. So first, we're going to talk about how you need to listen to yourself um, and really know what you want before setting those boundaries. Second, we're going to talk about how to actually set those boundaries. And third, we're going to talk about why setting boundaries now prepares you for the future and um, help set you up for healthy relationships down the line. Family boundaries are so hard yeah. because you want to respect the people that have literally given you everything, have brought you onto this earth, but then you want to be an independent adult as well with mm-hmm. autonomy. And it can be really hard for some people who rely on their family for, you know, you know, finances Support or anything. Yeah. It's, a, it's a weird fine line to walk Mm -hmm. so we're gonna try to walk this line yeah you know so here at the roaring 20s podcast we break this baby down into three easy steps bite size the first one is we get vulnerable annie k and i we share some of our experiences uh specifically with family boundaries then we get into the research you know what do the experts say and we wrap that up with a nice little figure it out. This is what's working for us. And maybe it works for you or it gives you some ideas. Yeah. So no way. We are in no way experts. So Zero. We are figuring it out. Just tips, not actual advice. In well, the, no, it is It is advice, but yeah. it's not like this is what you should do. Yeah. Well, we got a lot of experts nowadays yeah. with social media. Clubhouse, Instagram, Twitter, all mm-hmm. of them. I feel, I feel like everyone thinks that they're experts. When, how the hell can you be an expert? Mm-hmm. Especially about family boundaries. Unless you're like, I don't know, a therapist. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> a, a family, family therapist. That's your life. Then you're an expert. Okay, Annie, how do you deal with family boundaries? Yeah, so I, I thought we could share, you know, it's I think it's easy to, like, think about the negative time somebody crosses a boundary. Because mm-hmm. that's kind of just what... Um, is difficult for a lot of people to navigate. Like a violation, Um, I feel like you always remember that. violation, for sure. But if we... I kind of want to start with, like, a positive one. Like, when somebody crossed the boundary, but it's something good came out of it. Okay. So, um, for me, I think about a time when my parents wanted me to do something I really, really didn't want to do. Like, Mm -hmm. totally went against my... uh, Was it... My fifth grade self at the Mm -hmm. time. This was just not on my mind at all. And mind you, two strong Russian parents. Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yes. My parents are, um, immigrants. They, um, they came from Russia, my mom from Ukraine. So they very much have a set way of doing things. And I think I, that was really hard for me, but actually what this positive boundary that was crossed, it was actually, they really, they put me in Russian school. Mm. So in addition, <laughs> this was in addition to going to like regular American school. Right. This was a, a Friday 
night Woof. Russian school. So after a long day of, or not a long day, a long week of school, mm-hmm. I had to go to another school on top of that, deal with a whole different set of classmates. And like, mind you, I was like the oldest person in my class because a lot of these people were going to school like from the day they could, you mm-hmm. know, and I just kind of was put into it like a, right. a few years down so the when line. they enroll the kids they enroll them in like preschool and then like russian school yeah so it this russian school was at a church at a russian oh, church wow. so it was like that was a double whammy yeah so so it's like you would go to your sunday school but you also had like the grammar the reading uh-huh. it was like all sorts of mess like all everything was put together wow so yeah so that was the other aspect of it is the religious aspect and i distinctly remember this one, um, it was near Halloween, and I remember being in this class. Oh, I think it was Halloween Day or something, mm-hmm. or it was it was near Halloween, and everyone was just like, I remember the teachers. They were like, "Don't take any of the candies. They're poison. Like the devil <laughs> puts poison into the candies, and you cannot, you shouldn't eat them. Like you should Whoa. not celebrate this holiday. This holiday is in support of the devil." And I was just like, "This lady just doesn't want me to have some freaking candy." Yeah, she's one like, of any fun. She's a party pooper, right. and I and They're I really remember that because I school. yeah, because I because my, my family like we celebrated Halloween like we mm-hmm. would always go around trick or treating and I was just sitting there like these people are crazy. So anyway, um, it was super Christian. We also had to like write everything. You know how you'd have to around fifth grade you have to write everything in cursive. Mm-hmm. It was like that, but for Russian, and it's so oh much God. more difficult for Russian because you could write Russian cursive. Yeah, you. It's like the standard is writing oh. in cursive. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. So, if you ever look up Russian cursive, it's actually, like, really hard to distinguish because so many of the letters just end up blending together. Uh-huh. Um, so, it was really <laughs> Little difficult. Little Annie K just, like, cranking out these <laughs> Russian characters. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And on top of that, for some reason, they always wanted us to recite Russian poems, which was, like, literally the worst. Like, oh, my gosh. Just memorizing poems and then having to go out in front of the whole class and me being the oldest person in class, like, <laughs> like stumbling over so some So, how of old these were the other kids? I mean, they were, um, I think when I was in fifth grade, I was probably at a third grade Russian level. So they were, they were in third grade. Oh, I was like the third graders. But still, it's not too bad. It's only like two years. It's not terrible, but I was very much. So you go to the first class and you're like the odd one out. You go back home and you're like, I don't want to do this. I'm going to try to draw a boundary. Yeah. Well, I, I wanted to, like, I really just didn't want to, I kept asking like, why do I have to do this? And my parents would just kind of just say like you'll see how this is going to be useful in the future Mm. and I just didn't know what that meant Mm. um but now I realize like yes like knowing another language um especially reading like knowing how to read and write Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have you know I wouldn't have uh learned it the way I did if I had just you know spoken with my parents at home right because you actually have to sit down for that and put in the work and um and so it stuck with me and so even though that was a boundary that was crossed and I was like very upset about it at the time now I'm like okay yeah that was actually a very useful experience like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad I, I see it now right like it was out of a, a good intention or a goodwill yes right yeah like slight discomfort for a bit uh-huh. embarrassment having to deal with super Christian yeah <laughs> Russian people but now you can write Russian cursive that's yeah. pretty crazy yeah I, it is it is a flex a little bit like that's, that's a heavy flex <laughs> yeah so so what about what about you what is your uh, what's a positive Positive, example? okay, uh, a positive boundary that was crossed. Okay, so it wasn't me. 
so my I come from a family of five. I'm the youngest of five. And my mother is Tiger Mom. She had kids at 20 and then like every year after that. At 20? Yeah, she like imagine. just started popping those suckers out. She was really good at it, I guess. Um, needless to say, she was a single mother. So she always was like, I guess the mom and the dad in a way. But she really cared about the kids. And she was crazy with us. But if anyone came near us or if we were ever in danger, like... Full, full freak out. She's, like, good cop and bad cop. Right, exactly. And, like, you usually see bad cop, like, all the time. And then when good cop comes out, you're, like, pleasantly surprised. Mm -hmm. So good cop came out, I guess. So my brother, who's uh, the fourth in the family, Luke, is a little bit more of, like, a dirt biker. He's, like, I don't know, mechanic. He's a mechanic. But, like, when he was a kid, he would always go out and play with the BB guns. So he would go out and, like, um, you know, shoot with kids and things like that. So I guess one time he came home and he took his shirt off and my mother saw, like, all of these, like, bruises on his arm. Full freak out. She pinned him up against the wall and she's like, who the fuck did this to you? And he was, like, he was gay. He was out of his mind. He was, like, I don't know, in seventh grade or eighth grade. So he couldn't, like, lie. So he, like, gave up the kid's name. And we went to, like, a Catholic uh, grammar school. Mm -hmm. So everyone knew everyone. There was probably 150 kids, and they all came from, like, maybe 80 families, right? Like, all of the... If one kid went, the whole bunch went. Mm -hmm. So I remember being at school. I was, like, probably in fourth grade. And she, like, I see her get out of the car and dart towards one of these kids. Oh, my God. Grabs the kid by the shirt. Mind you, my brother's friend. And she was like, if you ever fucking shoot my son again, I will take that gun and I will shoot you fucking four times over. Don't fuck with him. Whoa. <laughs> and I was like, boundary crossed. <laughs> but like, in a good way, you know, like the she security like... security guards right. running out of the school. No, because all of them, it's like all these like older women who are like kindergarten teachers and they're like, what's going on? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, what do you do in that situation when a mom is going after... A little kid, you know what I mean? And, like, I guess relatively rightfully so. Yeah. But, yeah, the, the, my I was raised without really boundaries. Like, that wasn't really a thing, the boundaries. Um, and especially when it came to, like, our danger, our safety, it was, like, a full blackout for her. Mm -hmm. So I would say wow. that was the time that she crossed, not a boundary for me, but a boundary for yeah. my brother. She's so protective. Yeah, but out of love, right? Yeah. Out of love. And I think that same thing with you. Your situation was mm -hmm. out of love as well. Um, and when it's out of love, maybe you don't see it in the moment, mm -hmm. but then when you gain a bit of perspective and you look back, you're like, okay, dang, they're really looking out for me. They want the best for yeah. me. They love and they care about me. It kind of reminds me of all these, like, strategies that moms talk about of, like, how to sneak vegetables into your kids' food. Yeah. It's, like, you're doing, you know they hate it, and, you know, they think it's, like, the most awful thing ever, but right. then, like, you're preparing them for right. success, for healthy bodies. Right. You know? So, boundaries <laughs> are tough, but, you know, I think that it's always out of love, no matter good or bad. We're going to talk a little bit about the bad, but it's always out of love. Like, I feel as if it's never mal intent. I mean, maybe in some situations, mm -hmm. but in most, like, you know, parents want you to succeed. You're part of them. Mm -hmm. So, to... So you're, like, an extension of them. Really. Right. To appreciate that, mm -hmm. you know. But I guess, um, I guess getting vulnerable on the flip side of that. Yeah. When was one time that you felt a boundary was crossed in a negative way? And how did you manage yeah. that? Um... 
so I, I immediately thought of my, my grandparents uh-huh. who they're, they're just for some context when they, and I talked about this in the previous episode a little bit, but they came, um, from, they came from Eastern Europe and then ended up in Utah and they've stayed there ever since. So mm. it's a, it's very much a bubble in Utah. It's all white people, a lot of Mormons. And so I think this is part of the, just the environment that they live in, but they definitely cross the line with uh, just the some of the really racist and really sexist things they have said. Mm. Um, and to me, it, it just really hurt because it would be things that were directed at me almost. Like what? Like uh, my, my, my grandpa would cited the Bible one time and he was just like, yeah, I... The Bible says, like, women can't ever be in positions of power. Like, they can't ever be CEOs. Mm. Like, saying that directly to me. Like, someone who they push to succeed, and it just seemed like such a contradiction. Mm-hmm. You know, like, just because the Bible says that, like, how does that, you know, does that mean I can't, um, you know, that, that I should just be a, a stay-at-home mom, like, my right. whole life? Like, it just seems so um, against their, like, wants for me to succeed. And then also just, like, the racist things. Like, I come... I came from Seattle, which is incredibly diverse. Like, my high school, um, white people were the minority, actually. And so all my friends were from different cultures. And they would just ask me... Like, whenever I'd visit, they'd just ask me things like, do you know any smart black people? Like, straight mm. up. And it would make me so angry and so hurt because of how... Um, it, I don't. I don't even know where where the anger came came from. I guess it, it was just hard. He, like, yeah, really I get, injustice. I now. guess yeah, on an injustice scale. But I was also like, wow, this is happening within my own family, yeah. and the fact that they like bring it up with me, like someone from like a young person, someone who they know have a lot of multicultural friends. Like, I I didn't really understand why they um, would bring that up, and like it would always lead to arguments. It would always right. lead to arguments, and. And it would almost be hard to, like, it's hard to talk with them about it and, like, be straight up with them. So know? from a boundary perspective, yeah. what does that look like when they violate that boundary? Do you think that it's out of, like, curiosity because they came out of, like, USSR and then into the United States and they haven't seen these things? Like, was it curiosity? Or do you think that there was malintent there? Yeah, I I guess it's less malintent and just misinformed mm. but but at the same time they're not taking active steps yeah to to get out of their comfort zone like right. we talk about a lot and um and so I, I don't really think they they understand like the the consequences of that like when they say like women shouldn't be in positions of power mm-hmm. um to their granddaughter you know like it's 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 hurtful but I don't think it comes like they think it is hurtful like they're just following a set of rules Um, and so, yeah, so for me... So with that violation, like, how does that make you feel? Or or what are things, what are strategies that you've tried to adopt? Um, well, definitely expressing my emotions. Like, yeah, how, talking to them, like, saying I, I feel like you don't really see me and the person that I'm trying to be. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you're kind of falling into these almost, not antiquated, but... Like, this is, like, an old way of thinking, yeah. and, you know, we've passed that. I'm, you know, if I want to be uh, a person of power, like, I can be as a woman. Like, that's not, nothing's going to stop me. Mm-hmm. And then also just informing them of, you know, the, the beauty and diversity. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's just like a, a great opportunity for, for education, I think in, in this specific situation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough with the boundaries, especially that like that's cultural and then that's generational. Mm-hmm. So with the boundary, those boundaries weren't set. Like they didn't even have an understanding of those where you as second generation or first generation, right? Mm -hmm. You setting these boundaries and them not even realizing that maybe they are violating the boundaries, which is so interesting. It's just like, I guess, natural progression maybe. Yeah. And I, and I mean, I know a lot of people are kind of realizing in this age of misinformation that their grandparents or, you know, older family members are kind of like falling victim to you know either like these beliefs like on the fringes or just yeah they're still racist um and and it's hard to have those conversations when it's a family member Mm -hmm. uh because there is a lot of emotion attached to it and there's and you're like talking about values yeah you know and, and for someone who's had these beliefs for so long yeah how do you have those conversations it's tough it's really tough and sometimes, like, I mean, it's really bad. I just say that they need to die. <laughs> like, <laughs> as in, sometimes they're too far up the cuckoo tree. And yeah. they're just like, the tree got to get chopped down for new trees to be planted. But there Jeez. is a certain... <laughs> there is, because I've had, I've had these conversations and I just disengage at certain points. Because okay. it's just not worth it. But at other times, yeah. you have to do at least as much as you can to be an ally in those situations. Yeah. And to, you know, almost, like, fortify those boundaries. Like, this is, like, something I will not accept. So we could have a conversation, but I stand here Exactly, yeah. I think that's a great point. Like, you have to make it clear, like, what's not okay to repeat at all. Um, like, I think about when I brought my um, undocumented Mexican boyfriend at the time to Utah and I Annie you set yourself up for that I definitely (laughs) come on I prepped them I was just like look like why did you tell them he was undocumented I mean they just I think they just found out somehow I don't know if I I don't know if I specifically told them that part um but I thought it would help them I thought it would help them because he was genuinely he was genuinely a nice person and I think it um, and then how did that turn out no, I mean, they, they treated him really well. Oh, okay, well. cool. They treated Look him really at that. Well. Boundaries. Yeah. Exactly. So, for me, I was just like, okay, if, if words aren't going to help, like, we're going to we're gonna bring someone we're over We're just going to bring him over there. You're like, I honestly started dating him just because he didn't have papers. <laughs> no. So, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's like, you can have a conversation with them, um, but at one point, you just... You just have to stop. Yeah. It just, it's not going to work out. Exactly. Yeah. But what, what is your, what is your negative experience? Uh, well, we've had many of them. That's why we're here in California. I grew up in Connecticut and we needed to get out of there because of the boundaries. But I think one of them that was quite tough for me was when I came out. Um, I was a senior going to university. It was that summer. The plan was to wait until... I got to school and there was more or less a day where I could tell my mom, hey, I'm gay, shut the door, and then she had to fly back to the East Coast because I knew she wouldn't take it well. It ended up getting out, so I had to tell her, and within telling her, she was like, get the fuck out of my house. Like, you need to leave. I don't accept that. And it was a boundary for me where I was like, whoa, this this is like me as a human being crossing. And it just doesn't work for your quote-unquote lifestyle. And this is, like, not something that I can control. If I did, I wouldn't 
choose this because you welcomely choose yourself into being part of a minority, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so going through that experience, like now we're good and it took a, a few years to get there, but I think that that kind of crossing of a boundary in a negative way really allowed me to stand on my own two feet independently and confidently. And the source of love that my mother gives me, and she gives me so much love, she does, but I knew that I couldn't get her support with this. And if I couldn't get her support with this, there are just certain things where I would need to fully support myself and be confident in myself. Um, And it was almost a, a, a springboard to this standing on your own two feet Mm -hmm. and not being shaken by a lot because if that boundary was crossed like you can more or less create your own boundaries for yourself and you could stay strong in those um and it it just created uh, me to be more resilient and for me to be stronger Mm -hmm. so yes it looked at first like it was a huge negative but it ended up being probably one of the best things that's ever happened to me um because of that strength that has derived from wow. that moment. So I, I have a question for you. I mean, after that happened yeah, and, and you were kicked out, like, how do you revisit that? Because you probably felt like, again, that violation of a boundary of like, mm-hmm. you, you expect that support from, from your mother. Mm. Um, and then her just kind of, yeah, just reacting in a completely different way. So how do you revisit that? conversation and and come to good terms yeah that's a good question so she operates a little bit more as like a shover as in like if something happens like let's not really talk about it like like let's shove it in the closet and kind of like shut it Mm -hmm. um until we're more comfortable or we feel better and I know a lot of families do that where they just like there's some subjects or topics that people don't want to talk about and because of that I am like a talker I am like let's talk about the emotions, let's talk about the feelings, because if we air it out and we keep it moving, then we'll be good to go. So it was something that went unsaid for a little while, and then she actually watched the Freddie Mercury movie. What was that movie? Oh, I know which one you're talking about. I forgot what the... Rock, not Rocket Man. Oh, it was one of those. You know what I'm talking about, though. Mm -hmm. Queen, the Queen movie. And she saw, I guess, uh, Freddie Mercury had... uh, loved this woman and like wanted to marry this woman and then like slowly just distance himself away from the woman because he was attracted to men and she saw that and she was like he had so much love for that woman but he he just physically couldn't you know and for some reason that like clicked for her and it made her realize which is so interesting that's that's great yeah so a movie could do that (laughs) exactly right shout out to the director but needless to say i think that you know, the, the, the family boundaries are really tough and they're uncomfortable, but like you and I guess myself, like if you draw that hard line in the beginning, there is going to be pushback and it is going to be uncomfortable. But if you stand strong with those lines that you've drawn in the sand over time, they will be respected. And with anything, with any type of boundary, it's going to be tested you know, so to fortify that and to be like, this is where I stand on this and I'm not really wavering mm-hmm. shows a level of confidence in yourself and your beliefs. And I think it's so important. I like that. Just the image, like standing on wavering. That's, that's really powerful. Yeah. yeah. So doing that's it. Cool. Okay. Let's turn to the research and see what the heck the experts say about all this stuff. Cause it seems like we're pretty much still in the dark. Mm-hmm. I agree. 
Okay, so now as we get into the research part, um, one of the things that we wanted to accomplish with this episode is talk about how to successfully set boundaries. And I think one of the most important things uh, before setting a boundary is just looking at it uh, really from the parent perspective Mm -hmm. and what kind of parent you have and what they want for you. So really putting yourself in the parent's shoes. Um, And, you know, a lot of you listening to this might... in in your 20s might feel kind of in this limbo between adolescence and adulthood. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about, like, why that is and bring it back to the parents. You know, some parents might not expect their children to grow up right away or they might not even want to. And so from that, you see different kinds of parenting styles, like helicopter parents, um, which are, you know, very heavily invested parents. They kind of take charge and solve problems for you. And that gets uh, pretty dangerous when you start getting into adulthood because Mm -hmm. then you're not developing those problem-solving skills. and You're You're trying to stand on your own two feet. Yeah. You need to be let go. You need to be dropped out of the nest. Right. um, Even if you break an ankle, you just got to keep moving. Exactly. I have a few broken ankles, so I understand. Yeah, and then then it gets further complicated because parents also want to have continue their connections with their... their, um, what's the term with their kids with their kids offspring with their offspring yeah (laughs) there's so many terms for this with their little birds (laughs) so that's difficult too because you want them to be independent but you also want to keep them close you know they've been living at home probably for for the majority of their lives and so it's you have to realize it's difficult very difficult from both sides and you see a lot of parents even going into like almost like a depression yes after their kids leave they, what do they call empty nesters empty nesters yes and then they you know some of them take it to extremes they adopt a kid uh-huh. they get a dog a, a pet yeah there's so many different ways to do it um it's hard though think about it from a parent's point of view which is so hard to do because we have no perspective on this but you literally raise something for 18 years imagine mm-hmm. us doing something for 18 years like can't relate nope and then it just goes off and does its own thing yeah, and you're pretty you're, crazy. You're, you're, there must be so many emotions involved with that, mm-hmm. like fear, anxiousness, but happiness mm-hmm. and proud. excitement. It's probably just a whole roller coaster, just constantly, you know. Yeah, that first relate. that first day when you drop them off for college. So you have helicopter parents. You mentioned you have parents that don't want to. I they, guess they don't want to watch. Yeah, they don't want their kids to grow up. Huh. Um. Or those that want to maintain a good connection with their kids. And then there's also parents who have jumped into marriage or their careers really early um, and maybe made some poor mistakes along the way and they don't want you to make those mistakes. Mm -hmm. So um, they kind of tell you the way you should make those big life decisions and that's difficult Mm -hmm. when you're your own person. Like they're almost like advisors to Mm -hmm. your life. Yeah. And a lot of people definitely are not a fan of that. Um, And... (laughs) And so I think the goal really is, as we're talking about boundaries, is for on the parent side, they need to step down for the, from their position as caretakers and look their children in the eyes as equals. Um, but same with the children, uh, or I would rather say grown children. They young need adults. A, yeah, young adults. You need to recognize that your parents are also people. Like yes. actual people with flaws, who make mistakes. But they're trying their best, and mm-hmm. they love you, even if there's a whole lot of other emotions and rough times, like, mm-hmm. at the end of it, at the core of it, they still love you. So, 
and they want the best for you, you know, unless it's like a sociopath, but that's like (laughs) a small percentage of the population. Yeah. But genuinely, I mean, again, if you were to take the perspective of a parent and then, I don't know. I feel like the only way that we can compare is, like, an animal. Like, that's how much love we have for, like, an animal. Um, And then the animal is, like, Air Bud, and it's, like, running off, you know? And you're, like, Uh go, Air Bud! Like, I love you! I'm so proud of you! Go, dude! Woohoo! Yeah. But then it's, like, again, it's it's a mix of emotions. So it it makes sense why this boundary thing is so hard, because they're still looking at you like you're a little pup when you're, like, trying to... And they always remind you of that. They're like, oh, it, it feels like it was just yesterday that you were in your crib, yeah. sucking on your thumb. Like, You're like, I'm a grown adult. <laughs> I can do big shit. Yeah. I'm like, mom, stop. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I wanted to bring this question up. Um, when did you see your parent as an equal, if if you have? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like the, they say that the the moment that you become a quote-unquote adult is when you can see your parent as a person and not as a parent. Um, Flaws and all, I guess. Trauma was a big trigger for me. Uh, When I understood that my both my parents went through a whole lot of shit as kids and that was the reason why they treated me the way that almost they were treated and more for the bad than anything uh, and realizing that they were just kind of like, fucked up in their own way and they they really yeah and they're trying their best um so that was a moment Mm. when I kind of made that realization but but yeah I think that that was it that was probably the defining moment what about yourself um I think so for me it's hard I, I was really pondering on this question but part of me still very much sees my parents as like higher ups just because I so inspired by them and they have so much knowledge and I'm always learning from them and so I still look to them for guidance on a lot mm-hmm. of things like any difficult decision like I involve my parents in um because I care about their opinion yeah I think that's most people yeah <laughs> like if <laughs> you're true. not that's like that's true I know I just know some people that like very much disassociate so mm-hmm. yeah some I can relate so but on the other end like I think just seeing them as equals and really seeing them as flawed human beings is I guess just during the really rough times like yeah. Um, seeing them cry, like seeing them go through really rough patches where that like strong wall kind of goes down temporarily and you're like, whoa, like it catches you off guard. But then ultimately you're like, OK, I, I understand like why they're going through this and kind of their need to express emotions in a way, even if that's anger or extreme sadness or something like that. So I would say just in those uh, very vulnerable moments when when you see your parents like that, it um, really reminds you that yeah. they, even though they're so strong and they and they know a lot of things and they know what's best for you a lot of the times or maybe not all of the times, you know they are also going through shit all the time. Absolutely, no one's got it figured out. <laughs> no, we're all a series of figuring it out in the yeah. dark. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the research that I found was really interesting was specifically COVID related. So the Great Recession shows that most 25 to 34 year olds moved back, specifically 1 million in between 2006 and 2010. They called them the quote unquote boomerang generation. Whoa. Yeah, they like swung back around like a little boomerang. Um, so people were like, wow, you know, 1 million people moving back. Like that's pretty crazy. But as of July, 2020, COVID 52% 52% of people, 18 to 29, are now living with their parents. Oh 
This is more than the Great Depression, more than the Great Recession 2008. It's uh, a staggering all-time high. So these boundaries are really being... Tested. I would say definitely tested, and I would say 100% pushed. Uh-huh. Because when you move back into you know, your parents' house, they're going to be looking at you like you were... Like, welcome back. (laughs) Right, exactly. But like the person that you were when you left. And that is very much not the person that you are today. Mm -hmm. You have had a hell of amount of experiences in the four years that you've went away to college or the four years or how many ever years that you've gone away to come back, you are a different person. Mm -hmm. Um, So... 52% 52% is a lot. Like, half of the people That's have moved insane. back. I'm really surprised. Yeah. I mean, it make, it really totally makes sense. Like, this yeah, is... the financial aspect. This is the craziest thing that we've seen in, a, I mean, our whole lives. Mm-hmm. But to, to talk about boundaries specifically, I feel when I went home for a week, maybe, you know, I was there for two weeks, I felt like I was suffocating. And I had to get out. I was just like, mm-hmm. get me out. I need my autonomy. I need my space. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? What would you say to those people that are moved back into their family homes after a few years? I mean, of first of all, I think strength. Yeah, I think I think just good for them. Like that that's bold. Yeah. You know, you really have to Yeah, you should be proud of yourself. Yeah. It it, it I think some people may think there's a stigma attached to it. There is. But I but I think now hopefully it there's not as much of a stigma because it's like i think it just makes sense like money yeah uh, money wise you get home cooked meals again you know you have your old room um (laughs) i think i think it's a great opportunity moving back in uh to revisit those boundaries or establish new ones yes if you need to it's a huge opportunity yeah and and instead of seeing it as like a negative opportunity of like oh great like i have to do this I think there's a lot of benefits to it, um, and some of the things I found in my re- research actually was um, the benefits of setting boundaries specifically is like better self-esteem. Mm. You conserve uh, emotional energy, which mm-hmm. is huge. Like you said, suffocated. Would you also say when you when you went back? Would you also say almost like drained? Completely. Okay. Yeah. Energy so, levels through the fucking floor. Yeah. So one of the benefits you conserve your emotional energy and you. I mean, this one goes without saying, but just more independence and agency. Yes. Um, Independence is a huge thing. And I think, especially when my boundaries were tested and I gained that independence, there's like a feeling that you could conquer anything. hmm. That you you just feel so strong, you know? Yeah. So how do you go about, um, how do you go about like setting boundaries? And I mean, specifically talking about like knowing what you want and like knowing what you want first. I'm a big boundary boy. A big old BB boundary boy. <laughs> I think it's so important. This is this is family, but this is work. This is friendships. This is everything. Because if you set a precedent the first time, then people are going to respect that. Mm. No matter what it is. No matter if it's work and your boss like tries to step on your toes. If you're like, yeah, absolutely the fuck not. They're not going to step on your toes anymore. Whether it's a friend, whether it's a family, any of that. So there is such an importance because as much as it's, good for you it sets you up for other people to look at you almost like higher as in they're not a pushover they're not going to take shit and there's Mm. a a feeling when you walk into a room and you know that there's a person that doesn't take anyone's shit there's a strength to that Uh so as much as it is for you I think it's for other people and the respect that other people kind of give you um so especially with the family boundaries like 
I come from an Italian family and they all like want to know they're like a little bit gossipy so going back it's always a test for these boundaries and I, I try to see it almost as a good thing where I'm like okay how much stronger have I become since the last time that I've I've gone back home so it's it's definitely a balancing act with the family I would say that that's the hardest but just boundaries in general I feel as if are so important and I guess thinking about it like the way that you want to be treated and not taking anything less than that. I really like that. Yeah. I would also add to that because you, 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 were, you were saying, you know, kind of almost taking this like I'm not taking any shit mm-hmm. um, kind of perspective. I think if you create a, a foundation in your life that feels really solid for you and you share that with your family or whoever else and show them that you're thriving independently. Mm-hmm. That shows that you're, you know, you're strong in, like, whatever life situation you, you yeah. set up for yourself. The choices and, and, that you make. Yeah, and, and you feel good about it, and right. you share that in a positive light and say, like, you know, like, I'm doing this now, and I'm doing this, and, you know, I feel really good about this, and I'm excited about this, and showing that you're okay, you're fine, and that causes them, I think, to worry about you less. Yeah. And also just respect you and be like, wow, like... Yeah, we set you up for the success, but now you've thrived. Mm-hmm. And and then maybe that can kind of help them ease back a little bit. Right. So um, the research is showing, you know, that in COVID, at least, a whole lot of people are back at home. We talked about a few different ways that parents parent mm-hmm. um, and, you know, how to successfully set up boundaries. So, so huge. It's, it's so important. Yeah. So freaking important. I think you can think of healthy boundaries almost like a, I saw this online, as like a chain link fence mm. where it has enough perme- permeability for the good parts of a relationship to come through, um, but blocking out the unhealthy parts. Wow. So Love that. I, I like thinking about that because, I mean, there's definitely things that you don't want to talk about. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, let's figure this out. Let's, let's uh, turn to some of the strategies that we use. That are, are working for us and maybe will work for a few other people as well. So trying to figure it out. We realize that the first step to setting any boundaries is listening to yourself. Then we're just trying to figure out how to successfully set up these boundaries. And then really fortifying these boundaries to set mm-hmm. ourselves up for success. Mm-hmm. So specifically with the first point we need to be clear with ourselves, knowing what you want mentally, physically, and emotionally. See, for me, I'm more on the autonomous space. I want my own space. I want to just be doing what I want to do. And I don't want someone breathing down my neck. Where I know for other people, they want that support from their parents. They want to know what's going on. Um, They want to be checked in. So I think knowing yourself is going to be the most important part. And maybe gauging yourself after conversations uh, with parents, right? How are you feeling? The topic of conversation, what kind of boiled you up and where do you want to start moving your relationship towards that will be fully healthy? Of course, when it comes to parents, I feel that there's always going to be things like uh, hot topic conversations or things that are going to get you emotional, which is totally understandable. Um, But trying to facilitate as much of a positive relationship as possible yeah because I feel like you're a little bit more dependent not that that's a bad thing in any way but you seem like you're like I look up to my parents and I want to know what they think of me and I want to know just like kind of almost bouncing ideas off of them Mm -hmm. so I I would say that's fair yeah so 
trying to figure out, you know, what works specifically for you because we all are so different. Mm-hmm. And I think the other important thing um, to know is like whenever you are setting boundaries, like not only do you have to really think about your feelings um, and what you want, but the other person's feelings. Yeah. Like there's going to be, it, it's just such an emotional thing and, and realizing that, yeah, they might not react the way that you expect them to react, mm-hmm. to react and you might, they might feel hurt, they might feel disappointed with you, they might feel angry even, but realizing that that's normal. Yes, right, exactly. Like, I guess my thought process is with prioritize your mental health first and then prioritize their reactions, I guess, second. But there's ways that you could present this information where you don't, you know, steamroll over people, but more strategic communication, right? Like, I am feeling this way when you did X and I would like it to be like Y. And I know all parents are obviously different, but trying to help them understand where you're coming from. Yeah, and you can always spin it so that you show that you understand their perspective. You, yes. you can be like, I know that you love and care for me a lot, however, blank. Exactly. This is a little bit too much. <laughs> right, totally, absolutely. And that brings us to number two, right? So the first one is being clear with yourself. The second is communicating those boundaries mm-hmm. and you know, communicating them effectively without anger. Yeah, and, and so um, I found this phrase actually that I think might be really helpful for some people and of course change this up however you need to Uh, but the phrase basically says I don't want you to tell me how to think or feel I have a right to feel the way I do my feelings and thoughts are valid and they can coexist with your feelings and thoughts on the matter and I think that's really powerful (laughs) my mother literally would fucking be like what the fuck did you just say to me (laughs) I mean it's it's so true though like you yeah, just have to you have to say it to actually like be like oh yeah like this makes sense but yeah right. like you can feel whatever you want to feel and right. your parents are probably going to feel a different thing for a variety of reasons right. and you just have to f- figure out what that line is in in the middle right like we, i love you you love me we're on different pages here and that's cool <laughs> exactly so how does that relate to if you are living at home um and you know you're not, you know you're not going to live at home forever. Uh-huh. Develop a good old plan, a good old strategy. We, we love goal setting. That's something that I do <laughs> often. But realizing that this is a temporary spot and let's try to do something maybe on a daily or a weekly um, time frame that you're getting things done. I think that that will also help with the boundaries as well. Like, hey, mom or dad, I'm in this situation, but I'm really trying to get out because I'm applying to X amount of jobs. I'm not just sitting down and fucking playing Xbox all day. Or, you know, showing that you also are a responsible adult um, and you're trying to set yourself up to get yourself, I guess, out of the situation. And maybe if you aren't living at home, just realizing or expressing that you are a grown adult and you could take care of yourself mm-hmm. um, and trying to really strongly communicate those boundaries yeah. and sharing your goals with them and your and yeah your that's huge because a lot of the times I mean I feel like especially if, if you leave and your parents are empty nesters like they're living vicariously through you yeah. so they're excited when you tell them about things uh-huh. like I have a group chat with my parents and we uh-huh. always send pictures to each other of what we're doing and um, I think there's just a lot of ways to stay in touch that doesn't necessarily feel overbearing, you know? Yeah. Like, if you're not a, you know, call every week to your parents type of person, like, there's there's a lot of other ways yeah. that you can stay engaged. Yeah. Maybe yeah. send a selfie right now and be like, love you, mom. Dad. <laughs> yeah. Aw, they'd love that. Yeah. 
Um, and then the third thing is just realizing that, again, like boundaries are very diff- uh, a difficult conversation. So difficult. Um, and they will be tested if you are in a situation where you have to move back in or, or something similar. Um, and it's good to have a support network made out of friends, family, maybe some people that might be familiar with your yes. uh, home situation, like cousins mm-hmm. or your siblings. I know a lot of people that like love to talk to their siblings. Yes, <laughs> I pick up the phone all the time and I'm like, I talk to all my siblings and my cousin as well because uh-huh. they, they really get it. There's, you could talk to your friends and you could be like, no, my mom's crazy. They're like, oh yeah, like my mom's crazy too. Versus like talking to your sibling or talking to your cousin and they're like, oh no, they're fucking crazy dog. Like they can fully just like connect and relate, you know? Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I mean the, the important thing there is just like, again, leading with gratitude, mm. like realizing they're doing it because they care. They love you. They want what's best for you. They're worried about you and... Um, not responding with anger necessarily and just kind of looking at it from their perspective whenever situations come up there's actually a reddit um there's a reddit page not to go on a tangent but it's about like crazy parents and people will like post all these like screenshots so funny of um conversations that they have and some of them are like legitimately crazy but other times I, i see them and i think like wow, like, it's just, like, anger against anger. Yeah. Like, what if, what if one of these people responded with, like, hey, I love you, let's not, let's, like, talk about this later. And when we kind of, like, you know, simmer down a little bit, so. Disengaging with love. Yeah, disengaging with love and just kind of trying to, not trying to burn bridges, because your family, if you think about it, this, this has really helped me during hard times, is just, like, no matter what, like, friends will come and go, but family is literally your blood. For sure. Like, they will always be there, and you don't want to burn. Like, that's just, ah, oh, it's just so sad when, like, people just completely cut off. Yeah. Unless you need to, of course, unless it's, like, a really bad situation. Right. But, yeah, so that's number three. Uh-huh. So we learned being clear with yourself, knowing what you want mentally, emotionally, and spiritually with these boundaries is going to be important. Then communicating those boundaries effectively, which is number two. Lastly, fortify those boundaries. Try to keep them strong. You know, going through your 20s is a difficult time and you need support from your family. And they're, they're, they're your number one supporters. They literally love and care about you number so much. Fans. But sometimes that love can be suffocating. Yeah, and that's that's normal. So figure out them boundaries. And set them now because you're going to set yourself up for success later down the road if you can effectively communicate these boundaries. For sure. And it's, it's, it's a skill, like with anything. Yeah, absolutely. It takes and, time. And it'll help if you choose to become a parent or just in your long-term friendships and relationships like it translates over to so many different things absolutely maybe looking at it as if you were a parent how would you want your child to react to just to how you're reacting to your parent you know oh yeah i mean i would want them to stay in touch as much as possible Mm-hmm. Like but you'd want them like, to fly too yeah you know and just like, be their own off. thing and Woo! i'd just be like Woo-hoo! yeah just like cheering you know? them on sidelines <laughs> yeah definitely absolutely well your parents are sharing you on and just maybe again send them a photo or just some love saying appreciate you love you and thank you for everything that you've done yeah thanks for joining us today thanks for hanging out we will see you next week see you next audio see you next audio bye <laughs> bye jen